Logan, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgianis. I just have to celebrate with you. This is the first time we're doing my show from my new home studio. I want to give great thanks to people at Real News PR, Real News Communication Network, setting up the studio, uh, running through things with me three or four times till I got it, and uh, just making it possible to do this show from home. I will continue to have my Thursday show every week in the studio where many of you like to join us in studio. Thursday shows will always be in the big studio where we have a studio audience up to 40 people, but the shows during the week, Monday through Wednesday, are likely to be here from home except on special occasions. So we're rocking and rolling, studio from home, very, very fun and exciting. Thank you everyone for making it possible. The first five today, I want to talk about uh, the big hypocrisy reveal on Martha's Vineyard. And I know that many of you saw this story. But very quickly, I want to mention what led to it and really what Americans ought to learn, what lessons we ought to learn from it. So, you know, in the great state of Texas, where I live, and all of the border states in America, the southern borders being overrun by illegal aliens because the Biden administration does not enforce the border. And so in Texas, one of the solutions that our governor Abbott came up with uh, was to load some of the illegal aliens onto buses and deliver them to other left-leaning locations in America. No coercion. They were asked if they want to go. And a lot of the illegal immigrants who come over the border, they don't really have anywhere to go. They say, sure, I'll go to New York. I'll go to Washington. They go, and Chicago now is another one. And so uh, then Governor DeSantis of Florida uh, got the idea, and he sent some illegal immigrants who flooded into Florida um, up to Martha's Vineyard. For those of you who are not from New England, or if you've never been to Martha's Vineyard, it is the cream of the crop, hoity-toityous, highest-end, most old money, old wealth, you know, snobbish left-wing elitism place you can possibly imagine. So a busload of illegal immigrants arrived in, arrived in Martha's Vineyard, and it was something like 50, 5-0, 50, and the people of Martha's Vineyard were all their left-wing virtue signaling, you know, we love left-wing policies, we want to help illegal immigrants. It's always, as every left-wing thought is, it's if as long as it's somebody else's problem. Somebody else has to deal with it, not us. In the same way many years ago, you may recall that along Martha's Vineyard, there was a uh, discussion about putting windmills, you know, the uh, the allegedly very, very earth-friendly form of uh, developing energy be put off in the ocean, but, you know, the rich hoity-toits in Martha's Vineyard would have been able to see and, and have their view, their beautiful views of the ocean marred by these environmentally friendly windmills. So they raised cane, of course, and the, the powers that be said, never mind about that, no windmills for you. You don't have to suffer with having to look at them. But back to what happened with the, the illegal aliens. So, you know, they show up and Martha's Vineyard people went out of their minds. I wanna read you some of the clips, uh, quotes uh, that they had to say. They quickly, by the way, their solution was not to take these people in their homes, not in their massive mansions, many of them massive mansions, including Barack and Michelle Obama, huge estate at Martha's Vineyard, they didn't say to the illegal aliens, come on in, you can stay here. Yeah, we love illegal aliens. They bust them away almost immediately to some form of, I think, not a detention center exactly, but a military installation. Let me just remind you the way the Democrats talk about illegal aliens, long as it's not in their backyard. Uh, this was during the Obama administration. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi argued that the surge of illegal immigrant children and families coming into the U.S., 
should be seen as an opportunity. It was an opportunity, not a crisis. I mean, she actually said that it's an opportunity for America, you know, to share. And then you have other similarly, um, just uh, the Democrats are fuming in, uh, in Martha's Vineyard. So you have a local Democrat official, uh, Democrat Massachusetts Congressman William Keating said, history does not look kindly on leaders who treat human beings like cargo, loading them up and sending them a thousand miles away without telling them the destination. Well, actually, they did know the destination. They, they're like, yeah, Martha's Vineyard will take it. But these people were trying to find some way to hang on to their moral high ground, their self sanctimonious, self-righteous, you know, we love illegal immigrants and we would welcome everyone. We welcome, you know, all those signs that the leftists put in their yards about, you know, we speak love here, illegal immigrants welcome, welcome, no human beings, illegal alien. Yeah, that lasted about 30 seconds when it was on their doorstep. One other uh, choice quote, um, Martha's Vineyard County Commissioner Keith Chattanover pulled out the leftist standard calling Governor DeSantis, who had shipped these illegal aliens from Florida up to Martha's Vineyard, calling him a fascist. Previously, previously the same goofball leftist county commissioner had said he would love, his word, love, for his affluent island to become a haven for migrants um, but now they, they're there, um, they don't want them, they ship them away. And I want to just say in closing out the first five, when you have to make policy that governs a country, you need to be thinking about the impact on the policies you make on, on all Americans, on all people who are citizens who have the right of some expectation that the government will look out for their interests. Leftism is infused with high-minded foolishness and with high-minded sounding promises of, oh, you know, every will make everything wonderful and great. Nothing the leftists ever put out, nothing the leftists support is ever actually supposed to harm them. Leftists are selfish. They are self-centered. They are all about the idea that they are pa passing policy in the abstract, but they're not having windmills off their coast they're not having legal aliens in their neighborhood and a whole host of other. They are not going to give up their fancy private jets. John Kerry still has his gas guzzling monstrosity private jet. He flies around the world to scold everyone else about climate change. Nothing they really want to impose on others is ever meant to be imposed on them. And the reason is because they don't actually believe what they're saying. They don't actually believe that illegal aliens should be able to pour over the border, but they it's safe for them to say they can sound high-minded, they can sound virtuous, uh, because they're touting this oh-so-tolerant, oh-so-welcoming um, you know, mantra. And the fact is, they don't want anything to do with them. One more thing, we're going to talk a little more about immigration today, but if the government had passed a law that said, you know, no one in America is allowed to have a front door in your house, no one's allowed to have a lock on your, you can have a door, but not a lock. Every American would say, you can't do that. We have to be able to protect our homes. We have to be able to protect our homes. We have to have front doors and locks. And by the way, locks on windows, locks on the back door. We understand this is how you secure your home. There is no different in analyzing how you as a homeowner feel about your home than how the federal government should feel in protecting America and our Southern border and the policies they make when they will, and the Biden administration will not enforce the southern border. It is a 
joke what they do at the southern border. In fact, uh, my husband and I were at a conference over the weekend. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. But what is occurring at the southern border is not just failure to enforce. It's bad enough that they don't enforce the border. That's bad enough. But actually, because they don't enforce the border, the death, destruction occurring to American families, occurring to innocent Americans who happen to live along the southern border and had every single right to expect their government to protect them as the happy, super wealthy elite expect in Martha's Vineyard. But when you're leftist, you aren't passing policy to protect Americans. You're passing policy with all sorts of nefarious reasons, and you're passing policy you never intend to have applied to you, the elite, the ruling cabal. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I mentioned we were at a conference over the weekend. I want to tell you a little more about it. By the way, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is our new home studio. We can put pictures up once in a while, and I can, I can have guests on me, but this is, if it looks very different, it is. It's our, our home studio. Kind of fun to have. Um, and I want to talk about the border a little more because um, I went to a conference over the weekend with my husband, and we had wonderful speakers uh, talking about the border issues. Uh, one issue, when we talk about securing the border, the left always has their arguments ready, all of their... Uh, any time someone pushes the idea, and especially when President Trump was pushing the idea of securing the southern border, the left whips out all of their, you know, standard talking points or standard slogan slinging accusations. That's because uh, the Trump people or the MAGA people or the conservatives or people who want secure borders are, you know, they're xenophobic. They don't like people who don't look like them. They're haters. They're bigots. They always had a way always had a way to mock and ridicule people who wanted to have a southern border. And part of what that left never is held accountable for, and the media in this country, the echo chamber, the American left, doesn't hold them accountable, is the fact that actual American lives, American families, American children, American families, American communities are deeply personally harmed by the failure to enforce the border. I'll tell you a very quick example um, in this little segment on Soros. Um, now, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue the border for a minute and get to Soros in just one more second. But on the southern border, and I'll come back to this little layer in the show, too, but the dangers that happen in America when we have a southern border unenforced, it impacts the schools on the southern border. It impacts the communities who have to take in students who you know can't speak English. They're... Un, they're not ready for anything like a normal American school. They they are not able to be, they, they need extra care, extra help in academics and housing and food and clothing. All of this falls in the hands of the southern border, along with what falls in the hands of the southern border of the uh, communities along the southern border is a great danger coming from the uh, whatever is coming across the southern border, the drugs and fentanyl. We're going to get to that story later. I do want to, I want to spend some more time on the border uh, and what I learned over the weekend, which uh, is simply mind-blowing. But I want to quickly tell you, uh, talk to this, uh, turn this next topic about George Soros. And I call this Soros Orchestrated uh, American Downfall. And before I play this clip, I sent to my Emilio, my wonderful producer, um, I want to um, just set the table a little bit about this. You know, George Soros, everyone knows his name, and he's a villain in every conservative's mind. But I want to make sure you understand, George Soros is not merely tolerated by the American left. He's not merely just, well, you know, he's a, he's a leftist, and he's a billionaire. 
you know, he's a billionaire of billionaires. You know, he's he is revered, respected. Uh, people on the left seek out his counsel. They seek out his money. They seek out the money of the various organizations he funds. George Soros, you likely know his history, uh, was a is a very senior Jewish guy, but he was actually he lived in Hungary during the um, the Nazi occupation and the Nazi you know the Holocaust. And he assisted the Nazis in rounding up fellow Jewish people. I mean, the guy is a, you know, just no conscience, told that story years later when he was, when the World War II is over, that during World War II, he as a child helped the Nazis find his fellow Jews and round them up. And when he was asked about, doesn't that, you probably have great guilt over that. He laughed and said, no, 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 I really don't. Anyway, what George Soros is all about, why I'm telling you about talking about him today is, you know, you see things happen in American society and you think, you just read headlines, you read stories of all kinds, you hear interviews and you think, oh, well, that's interesting. Society is shifting. American society is changing. American society, we used to be this way, but now we're this way. We used to have these set of values, but now we have these set of values. And you can think, watching American society, that all of the change you're seeing occur is kind of organic and natural, just the natural outcome of time passing and people changing and, you know, the world moving forward. And it's really, really important to recognize how much of the destruction of America's culture, society, education, border, economy, every way in which we see America collapsing is orchestrated. It's intentional. It is not uh, fluky is not by happenstance. It is an intentional ongoing agenda. Soros is just one person, but he is among the world's wealthiest. I think he still is the world's wealthiest. And he's got massive organization, his own group, the Open Society Foundation, and then a circle of, of uh, fund organizations that they fund, other radical anti-American left-wing organizations. And then that circle of organizations has yet another circle of organizations. So there's a massive, you know, octopus of organizations or spider web spewing out from the Open Society Foundation on all that George Soros is dedicated to doing, understanding his agenda, helps you understand so much of what we see. George Soros simply hates America. He hates religion, especially Christianity. He is a socialist. He's a communist. He's a globalist. He believes in the socialist control of the world. So therefore, he hates America. He hates freedom. He hates free markets. He hates religion, especially Christianity. And he is just everything he does is designed to move the world toward what we now frequently talk about as the new world order, that the, um, you know, the, whatever you, the Klaus Schwab thing, you know, the UN, all of that agenda of the globalists is the same agenda that George Soros has had, you know, for decades. And he funds efforts. So within America, for example, he worked very hard over the years and he is particular and, and determined and intentional in what he does. So, he, for example, worked to get people put in positions of district attorney and other, what you think are relatively low level positions, and why would he care? But in order to facilitate the takedown of America, the destruction of America, which George Soros is wanting to do, he is putting in place through his billions spent everywhere, the agenda of getting people into power 
in this country who will not enforce the rule of law. So the chaos you see in the streets around this country often is at the behest, at the hands, or in, happening in areas where there's a district attorney who was funded by George Soros. Similar thing with election fraud. George Soros strives. He tries to find people to serve as Secretary of State uh, or other election department, people with election responsibility to get them in power in states because those people will not enforce the election laws. Those people will cheat. Those people will facilitate the left's agenda to steal elections. This is who he pushes to get in place. And so you see George Soros' hands and the organizations around him bringing about the chaos on the American city streets, bringing out the destruction of the, our election system, which used to be in America, we used to have the most reliable uh, election system, the most reliable, uh, and you know, for and not, not recently, but prior to his activities, um, we had an election system more or less stable, more or less secure. He is working at every single avenue he can to bring down the destruction of America. Another thing he's doing, this came out in a really interesting, actually a TikTok video. There's a Harvard attorney, an attorney educated from Harvard, uh, and he's a TikTok influencer, meaning they look at people, they study patterns to say, you know, who, and they post things. Does everybody repeat it and repost and repost and like and all the stuff you do on social media? This guy's a Harvard attorney. He's a TikTok influencer, and he doesn't like Donald Trump. He's not a Trumper. He's not a Republican. And he put out a video that's now gone viral. I want to play it for you because it again ties into my point I want to try to make over and over today, which is don't believe just because you see things happening in America and you see stories online and you see stories that seem to have substance to them, always be skeptical and look, who's pushing this story? Who cooked up this story? Who put that district attorney in place where that DA will not enforce the laws that allows American cities to dissolve into chaos? Who put those election officials into place who will not enforce election laws, who allow elections to be stolen? But let me have uh, Emilio play this TikTok influencer, Harvard lawyer uh, named Preston Moore, and then we'll talk more about him. I was just offered $400 to make an anti-Donald Trump propaganda post related to the January 6th investigation that is completely not true. I should start out this video by saying I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, so that should give a little bit of context to where I'm coming from. I'm an attorney. I post legal news and analysis on related topics. Okay, here we go with the story. So first thing first, I get an email from somebody with the Good Info Foundation. We'll talk about them a little more in a minute. I'm going to refer to this person as Jane. Jane sent me a message letting me know she represented the Good Info Foundation and that she was willing to offer a paid collaboration to discuss some topics related to January 6th. I said, sure, why not? I'll learn some more. Jane says the Good Info Foundation will give me $400 to make a post on my page and then share it to Instagram. So you see that blue link? All right, here, we're going to follow it. These are the specific requirements in order to obtain that $400 of how I should refer to the January 6th Capitol raid. Number one, I must call this a criminal conspiracy. Number two, I must say Trump Republicans were responsible. Number three, I must frame it as an attack on my country, an attack on America or Americans, a criminal conspiracy and a committed crime. I must attribute the matter to MAGA Republicans, 
I must make clear that this was ongoing and unresolved, and most importantly, that I must channel all of this unto the manipulation of voter agency so that I could turn their anger around this event into defiance that would make people more likely to vote in midterms. And the thing that struck me the most was this part, where I was told to talk about the aspects of the Trump campaign's plan, and I was supposed to say that the Trump campaign paid literally millions of dollars to make January 6th happen. So I figured, you know, maybe I missed something. So I said, hey, Jane, what is the basis for the claim that the Trump campaign itself paid millions of dollars to make the January 6th siege of the Capitol happen? Jane doesn't answer the question. Hi, Preston. If you don't want to state that in the video, it's fine. You don't have to use all the bullet points provided. So I kept going. Sure, I'm just wondering if there's support for that claim. Jane doesn't answer again. Let me know if you are interested and the rate works for you. Thanks so much. I'm not interested, and the rate doesn't work for me. This is the Good Info Foundation. They boast <clears throat> on their homepage that good information is the lifeblood of a democracy. Okay, I, I really want, I know it's a little bit lengthy to play, but I really want to encourage you to think about that. This guy is not even a supporter of Donald Trump, but he can see how, well, how insidious what this, and again, the name Good Information Foundation, Good Info Foundation, they are finding people and offering money so those people will write lies about January 6th. And again, I'll tell you, when you, I, I talk to people who believe themselves to be well-informed. They say, well, I, I read this on you know, The Atlantic, which is a left-wing rag, but I read this in The Atlantic. I read this in the, from the Good Info, Info Foundation. I read this in The Washington Post. These organizations, I mean, this particular example, the reason I want to take time playing it was this is an example that the organization is traced back to um, uh, George Soros. This organization, the Good Info Foundation. And this is what the left often does. They will use names that sound, you know, the We Love America people, people for the American way. You think, yeah, I mean, I, I know people who wrote checks to people for the American way because they thought it was actually for the American way. And it's not. It's a left wing, you know, thing. But I really want to urge you as, we, as we're heading in the election season, we've got, you know, fall elections coming up around the corner now, uh, that there's going to be a massive, massive effort to lie to the American people about the state of affairs on many, many subjects about, you know, whether or not Donald Trump orchestrated January 6th, which he did not. More and more and more information is coming out that there appears to have been FBI involvement on January 6th. There is a FBI hysteria in tracking down every single person who was in Washington on January 6th, a DOJ hysteria, arresting people who didn't even enter the Capitol. I mean, I really urge you, as you, you know, the sources you use online, the places you go to look for things. I mean, I, I know there are a lot of websites. I go to great lengths on this show to be sure what I'm presenting you with is factual. I have some, I have a lot of people send me, oh, run this story, say this, talk about this. And I always check. I, I always say, I can't just run a story. I want to know who said it. And and even when it comes to an organization which with such a handy title as Good Info Foundation, understand the left, the Soros people, the which is all tied up with today's Democrat Marxist party. We don't have a Democrat party today in America in anything like we had traditionally in all of American history. The Marxists have taken over the Democrat party. So when you see them pushing storylines, pushing, oh yes, it was really this and that. What you're seeing is the George Soros, uh, you know, open society foundation mentality, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab mentality. It's all being pushed 
to turn Americans away from this country and away from truth and to convince you to believe things that are simply disconnected from reality. And that was just a great, great example. I'm, I'm grateful that guy put that out there because, as I say, you know, I'm a Trump supporter. But understand, as you move forward and the election cycle is going to be a massive effort of the left to blame everything that you see happening um, on Donald Trump or MAGA Republicans. Um, and I want to just, if you didn't see the show this past Thursday, I really urge you to go. Anyone listening, you can go and see all of our past shows and past interviews on our website called AmericaCanWeTalk.org. AmericaCanWeTalk.org. For our radio listeners, because you sometimes don't get to see the things I'm showing, um, you can go to our website. You can listen and look and watch our past interviews. You can see our um, uh, all our past shows at our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. And quickly for our radio listeners right now on Broadian Radio, I'm grateful you're carrying the show on Broadian Radio. Uh, you're going to go off to a break at the bottom of the hour, or 30 minutes past the hour. For a three-minute break, please do come back. I'll be right here talking for another half an hour. But I want to really urge you, as election cycle gets closer and closer, uh, they're going to see a massive effort by this cabal of the left. The, it's not just George Soros and not just Open Society Foundation, but today's Democrat Marxist Party, which is the Democrat Party now run by the Marxists, uh, the World Economic Forum types, the Klaus Schwab types, the uh, left-wing media in this country, all of them will just be lockstep trying to convince you of things that aren't true, um, including that Donald Trump orchestrated January 6th. So uh, be on your guard. Okay, I want to I want to hit that story because I think in so many cases, if you can just step back a little bit, and realize who's pushing the storyline, you can realize whether it's true or not. But I want to turn talk about border lies and Americans die. This is what I said earlier. I wanted to hit. Um, and tell you a little bit about what we learned over the weekend. I'm going to tell you one quick fact, um, which is simply staggering. And that is, you know, part of what happens at the southern border, of course, is that because it is unenforced and we have it, a, an administration that tries to claim it's enforced, but it's not, uh, you have, among other things, massive bringing over the border of fentanyl. A, and really, um, I, I hate to say high grade, makes it sound good, strong, deadly, deadly fentanyl. And so uh, one thing we heard over the weekend was a congressman, Chip Roy, talking about having parents in his office, in his congressional office, saying, I mean, that, who've lost a child due to fentanyl overdose. Let me make, understand, help you understand if you don't know this. This fentanyl is so lethal, what's coming over the border, that a small amount, a small amount infused, ingested into a capsule in any way, uh, making it into your system, is deadly, it is fatal. It isn't like you have to be a really bad drug addict or have a major uh, amount of fentanyl. It is so lethal. This is pouring over our border. So one statistic that I learned was last year, just last year in America, we had 108,000 overdose deaths from fentanyl. 108,000 overdose deaths happened in just 2021. And that is more than all the soldiers America lost in the Vietnam War. For the whole time. So fentanyl is a huge problem. So we have this congressman saying, you know, in Washington saying, you know, people, his constituents or others coming to his office, parents, are, they're hysterical with grief. They've lost their child. They're saying, can't you do something? And this is what I want to hit on this border issue. The Biden team has abandoned the border. They don't enforce it. They lie about it. And 
even with stories like this, I mean, I'm going to tell you a few stories and, and you may not know that have heard of them before, but the people in politics, they know these things are happening. They understand abandoning the border is not without consequence. I want to have you, I want to urge you to let that sink in. They know, they know their policies are killing Americans. They understand because they won't enforce the southern border, because so many drugs come over now, because there's no enforcement, that they're actually killing Americans. And families are devastated. And yet the higher goal of the left of abandoning the southern border, which is to go along with the, the march toward globalism, the end of America as unique and sovereign nation with a nation state with laws and borders and policies, the goal of the left to eviscerate America as a sovereign nation state, as the world's leader, the world's example of what it looks like for people to live in freedom, the left's goal to destroy America is more important to them and, and justifies to them the misery their policies are inflicting, the misery their policies are inflicting on the American people the misery being inflicted on the American people. They see it, they know it, and they're more determined to allow this takedown of America to happen than they are to take action and protect the American people. So that number, I mean, the stories are, of course, heartbreaking and staggering. Um, another thing that um, occurred over the weekend, beside hearing Chip Roy talk about this, uh, there's a woman, and she has agreed to come on this show. We don't have it set yet. Her name is Kelly Meshurer, um, or Meshurer, but she's she's a woman, uh, a woman mom married to a border agent, and she told the story at this very small gathering over the weekend about her husband as a border agent, and the life their family lives, and the you know of course fears he leaves, he he loves being in the service of America, he loves protecting America, border agent. Um, and goes down and works on the border. And of course they have you know, many, many dangerous situations. I'm sure she spends a lot of time worrying, but he ended up being shot by one of these cartel, I think drug dealer cartel types because he was trying to enforce the border, which you know, he gets no support from the administration or insufficient support, insufficient support from Washington. He ends up being shot six times and uh, amazingly and wonderfully survives. And so she's telling the story of all they went through and he survives. And then she told the story. She was barely able to keep her, you know, keep herself collected, but he uh, attempted suicide. Her husband, he married this beautiful woman, have children, you know, just, just, I mean, everything to live for you would think, but she's talking about the post-traumatic stress syndrome, the, the stress that is inflicted on our border agents. And it's not just because that the border is dangerous and that there are dangerous people coming over the border all the time. It's because you feel like you're functioning kind of like in a vacuum. Like the, she didn't, those are my words, not hers. She has, she's trying to talk about to America, the consequence, the decision of the anti-American left that is working with international organizations to push globalism, to push global socialism, to, to remove the sovereignty of America as a nation, it has real life consequence. One real life consequence was the fentanyl deaths I just mentioned. 
and this massive uptick in fentanyl deaths. But another consequence is the lives of people who dedicate themselves to enforcing the southern border, who are actually hired by the federal government that doesn't sufficiently fund them, doesn't sufficiently supply them, doesn't back them. They, they are just down there with a with a uh, very fuzzy, unclear mandate if, at very best out of Washington. And the stress it puts on them. So this, you know, her husband, uh, she, he survived. He attempted suicide. He survived. She's out there telling the story, but trying to make the point that the damage to America's culture and society is staggering. Personal lives, the damage to families, to individuals from the decision. It is a conscious decision to abandon the southern border. Please understand the actions of the Biden administration on a wide range of issues, including their refusal to enforce the southern border. It's intentional. It's intentional. They do not want that border secured. And so they're willing to tolerate the kind of things that we were hearing about from this woman's story. Um, she, she was amazingly brave. I, I don't even know if I could have collected myself and told that story in her shoes, but she was amazingly brave. I hope she comes on the show. But I want to hit a few other things about the border stuff. So in addition to the fentanyl issues and the, the stress on the border agents, the message everyone's got to understand that the reason the Biden administration does not enforce the southern border is because they are on board with a long-term march away from America, the unique, the extraordinary, the great, the America, the free, the America, the founding, the America promised in the Declaration of the Constitution. And they're trying very hard to facilitate the weakening and diminishing and eventual dissolving of America's unique and extraordinary greatness and of America's freedom. This is the Biden administration agenda. Moving forward, two other things also on the border I wanted to mention. Um, one is that the Department of Homeland Security has now confirmed that Venezuela, Venezuela, which is communist, which is a nation that we in America used to contrast ourselves with and say, you know, America the free and Venezuela is just, you know, a, it's, it's got horrible problems. In fact, I was trying to place it earlier, thinking about what the timing was, but when Venezuela really, really went downhill and there began to be stories about the poverty level, starvation level in Venezuela was so bad that people were, for example, breaking into zoos and killing zoo animals to eat them. They were eating what used to be people's pets, dogs. In Venezuela, the starvation, the, the hunger, the pover poverty, the misery, directly tied to the communist policies that the Venezuelan government inflicts on its people. That used to be something we'd look at in America and say, you know, well, this is, this is flowing from the communist agenda and the communist mindset of the leaders. And people were heading down that path. I mean, when I talk about what the left is doing to this country, what the left is doing in in pushing socialism and attacking America's freedom and free markets. Um, everything the Biden administration is doing is lockstep doing the kinds of things that eventually lead us to become Venezuela ourselves. Our food shortages, our failure to, our massive uh, inflation, same thing Venezuela went through. We are, we are, you know, whatever the number of years is, 10 years behind Venezuela, but we're watching those ugly, evil ideologies of socialism and communism take America down 
And even though we have the record of Venezuela, we have the record of Cuba, we have the record of China, we have the record of many other countries. This socialism, communism, you know, euphoria, idiocy has never worked anywhere. And yet here we are in America starting to follow it. But back to Venezuela. So they, you know, Venezuela hates freedom. They hate the idea there's a place in the world there people can look to and say, wow, why can't we be like America? They have freedom. They have security. They have safety. They have abundance. They have promise. They have opportunity. I mean, people in the world living under oppression look at America and they want to be America. They want their countries to be America. So Venezuela, the Department of Homeland Security has now confirmed that they are sending their violent prisoners across our southern border. Literally, the Venezuelan government has released from prisons in Venezuela murderers, rapists, violent criminals, release them, and it has been confirmed by our own Department of Homeland Security that these evil people are making their way up and eventually through Mexico and to cross America's southern border. Another reason to secure the border. Another reason that the Biden administration top priority, instead of spending money on things we can't afford and getting obsessed over climate change, which isn't a problem, we ought to be securing our border. And if the Biden administration actually care, if the leftists running this country, the Soros, Obama, whoever the other people in this cabal running this country are, if they actually care about the safety and welfare of the American people, they would, they would leap into action in response to this news about Venezuela and secure the southern border, completely possible. We only couldn't get it completely secured under the Trump administration because you had Congress stalling the president, blocking the president, courts blocking the president. He's trying to get the southern border secured on the Trump administration, and now he's gone, Biden's in, and every single force in Washington that can is just dragging their feet and refusing to help with securing the southern border. But you would think these people who say they care about people, that's why, you know, that's the meaning of life to Democrats. We care about people. They would be racing to secure the southern border in response to this news about Venezuela, but yet, no. Okay, one more thing about the busing of illegal immigrants. Um, uh, that is, I, I have to tell you, I was, I said this before in the show, I was against it when I first heard that uh, our governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, was going to do this because it seemed kind of like a stunt or a gimmick. It seemed kind of, you know, in fact, it's what we criticized the Biden administration for as they let all these people pour into America and the Biden administration will plop them onto planes, fly them here, fly them there, you know, onto buses. And I was saying, well, how is Abbott any better? You know, he's doing the same thing. But actually, I, I think it was a brilliant idea because what's, what's occurring, of course, is all of these left-wing officials running uh, Chicago, New York, Washington, Martha's Vineyard, are now saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, we can't, we can't accommodate these people. We have people in New York, the, the government, government in New York and in Washington complaining, we can't handle this, we're overwhelmed, our social services are overwhelmed, we can't handle this. And they've got a smidgen smidgen of what the problem is that Texas faces and Arizona faces. California, they just let them in and let them be all in welfare, whatever. So back to, um, and New Mexico is doing, making some efforts, efforts to secure the border. In any case, back to shipping legal immigrants. Um, so there were busloads dropped off outside Kamala Harris's house. You know, when you're the vice president of the United States, uh, you get to live um, in the Naval Observatory. 
which is uh, just traditionally where the vice president and uh, spouse live. And so the illegal immigrants dropped off right outside the Naval Observatory where Kamala lives. Um, and um, they, these people came from Texas and they actually held a press conference. These, these illegal immigrants who were saying, hey, yeah, we're here. I wanted to claim asylum, you know, and I want asylum. I want to stay here. And so Kamala Harris, because she's, I mean, she's excruciating on many levels, but Kamala Harris is so far trying to just ignore them. I mean, they're right outside her door and, and you know, right outside her house. And, you know, they're not breaking in so far as I know, but they're right there. And she's one, you recall, she was the czar. She was going, Biden, when he first took office, appointed Kamala Harris as the uh, border czar. She was going to get down there and solve it. So she does this just typical leftist lunacy idiocy. She doesn't really go to inspect the border. She gets you know, miles away. I think she was, anyway, she wasn't anywhere at the real border issue area, but she's down there and she made, she studied, studied the problem and said it's due to climate change, don't you know? The border security, the border problem, the reason people want to come to America is climate change. She actually said that and tried to push that. I mean, even the left was kind of just cringing, thinking you can't, this is so foolish, it's, it's excruciating. In any case, so they're outside her um, door and she was asked in a recent interview um, about the border. And she actually said, Kamala Harris's own words, she actually said, I mean, they use this expression because she doesn't ever make any sense, uh, that she served up another helping of word salad on Sunday by insisting that the U.S.-Mexico border is secure. I mean, I don't know if she thinks she has this power like Obi-Wan Kenobi. She can say, you know, these are not the droids you want. Don't worry, the border's secure. But everyone who lives here, if you live in any of the border states or you actually read any news, everyone understands. It's We're up to 2 million people who've come in under Biden. I mean, who are wandering around in our in our country someplace. In any case, she tried to say that, that, that um, despite the... Um, despite the uh, illegal immigrant migrant arrest, setting a pace. Uh, and then she says, um, later she said, after first saying the border was secure, later she said, and NBC's meet the press, the immigration system still needs to be fixed. And then blame the Trump administration. Um, she said the border's secure, but we also have a broken immigration system in particular over the last four years before we came in. Um, she's trying to blame Trump. And honestly, I, I, I want someone tell me, I mean, anyone, if you're listening and you actually believe her, please email me and give me your name. And I would love to, to talk to you about why you could possibly believe this. I don't know who she, Kamala Harris, or anyone else thinks believes her. I mean, everyone who has, you know, a sentient capacity to read news and follow news, you understand the border's a mess, it's insecure. She knows that they, and everyone knows it, and yet they somehow think they can, uh, you know, wave a magic wand and say to America, oh, no, the border's secure. Okay, before I hit my last topic today, I want to tell you, we're getting down to the wire here in my summit, and I want to mention someone again. I believe Emilio, my wonderful producer, has a flyer he can put up and show you, but we have an annual summit. I sponsor the Women for Freedom Summit. Uh, and we, this is our third one coming up. It is in a little less than four weeks. It's Saturday, October 15th, Saturday, October 15th. And we have fabulous, fabulous speakers all talking about the um, issues that will shape America's future. Dr. Simone Gold, 
got to know who she is. If you watch this show, you know who she is. Dr. Simone Gold, uh, founder of America's Frontline Doctors, uh, got arrested in January 6th for nothing. Uh, she, she'll be speaking. Simone, uh, we have um, Sidney Powell, uh, just world-class lawyer and advocate for election integrity and rule of law. Uh, Matthew Lohmeyer, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer speaking. Uh, he is on to the uh, Marxism in today's military. He's brilliant and fun to listen to. Uh, Kevin Freeman is a, uh, he has his own show, Economic War Room. I just spent date time with him yesterday. My husband, I just with him yesterday. Um, and he also is going to talk about ESG and digital currency. He's brilliant in explaining the way in which we are at war internally in America right now and is economic warfare. Frank Gaffney, brilliant uh, national security expert, just on the show this past Thursday, talking about the othering, which I'll try to get to still. Uh, Gordon Chang, internationally renowned China expert, great, great, great thinker. Uh, Reggie Littlejohn, uh, she orchestrated to start with a massive effort in China to protect women from forced abortions. And she now is working on helping America wake up to the idea that we cannot have vaccine passports or anything similar because we'll become it'll become the China credit score system. Dr. Richard Bartlett, everyone's favorite doctor on my show, the doctor who uh, really broke on my show early on during COVID, the idea that inhaled budesonide was extremely effective in helping people deal with COVID. He's become a remarkable spokesman for healthcare freedom. Uh, Sharona Bishop and Tina Peters, two women uh, who are from Colorado, uh, Tina Peters being the a woman who was the uh, county clerk uh, in Mesa County, Colorado, and who, through her work on Dominion voting machines, was able to establish, create proof with no doubt left, not even just beyond a reasonable doubt that Dominion voting machines are vulnerable, hackable, and were fixed, uh, used to fix elections. Um, she, they're both going to be speaking. Jason Isaac, stellar. I just heard him over the weekend too. Brilliant speaker and explainer related to climate change, fossil fuels, CO2 levels, the whole idea. We do not have to be in this hysterical panic to bring down the CO2 levels. In fact, CO2 is good and healthy. It belongs in the atmosphere. And we've had many points in history with CO2 levels much higher. Uh, Sam Faddis, former CIA operative, brilliant strategist and thinker of national security policy, foreign policy. Um, and we have Evan Sayet, who is a uh, former uh, leftist and now a writer, a conservative, wrote one of Trump's most famous speeches. Uh, and his book is uh, out. He's going to talk about the, the woke supremacy agenda, um, which is a great book. And plus, he's funny to listen to. And finally, Christy Hutcherson, founder of Women Fighting for America, uh, big advocate at the southern border and uh, having Americans understand what's happening at the southern border. So we have a great summit coming up October 15th. Go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. At that website, you can purchase tickets, you can purchase sponsorships. They need sponsorships, would love to have you do that uh, and come and join us. Last year, we had speakers from around the country. Uh, it, it was just a great event. So it's here in Dallas, Saturday, October 15th. You can get your ticket at americacanwetalk.org. We have a very special VIP reception Friday night with Dr. Simone Gold and on Saturday night with Laura Logan. Laura Logan, just a masterful uh, she created the film Selection Code. She writes about and speaks about uh, many issues. She's just a stellar. So you, we're, we're going to have a great time. You don't want to miss it. Go to the website. Get your tickets. Love to have you. Okay. Last thing I want to do uh, today, I want to talk about Biden's race-based agitation and lies. And, you know, I've been, I talk on the show a lot, and I, I did again today. 
try to talk to you about to look at the motives for why people do things. Once you get clear that the anti-American left, the Democrat Marxist party is no longer on the American playing field, is no longer trying to uphold the values of America's founding, is no longer trying to, to fulfill the promise of the idea, the declaration, all of us are created equal. We have rights from God because we were born. No longer trying to uphold the Constitution, the separation of powers. They have an agenda, and it is the destruction of America the free. That is the agenda of the left. It's being played out in issue after issue after issue. One way that Biden is doing this right now, and honestly, this one I find so sinister and so evil, I, I you know, I, I'm... I'm almost speechless, but I want to talk about it. And that is the way the Biden administration is using race, lying, lying to the American people about the status of America, about the, st the state of race relations in America, the Biden administration. Now, I understand many of you are thinking, yeah, but he's kind of senile. Yeah, he's senile. He doesn't even know what's going on. But he has, in the era, in his life, in the decades when he was in Washington, and he was sane, he was a radical leftist. He hid behind the facade and deluded people because he's been a bumbling grandfather type for a long time. He is a leftist. He is controlled by Obama and Soros and the left and the entire leftist cabal trying to drive America over the cliff and into the into the support of and just just uh, destruction of America and, and onto the path that the World Economic Forum, Soros, et cetera, people are trying to take America. So one way the left works to actually harm America is on purpose, has to do with agitating racial division. So the Biden administration and others in Washington, other leftists in various positions in the military and other agencies have worked and been pushing the idea that America is deeply racist, systemically racist, has a massive white supremacism problem. And, and so, I mean, I remember when this first was coming out and I mean, in recent years, I don't know, last, I mean, it wasn't even a prominent uh, theme of the left, even during the Obama era, Obama, who, by the way, ask yourself, if you think Biden is not a leftist, why did Obama choose him for a vice president? Obama, Biden, radical leftists. But the whole America is a deeply white supremacist nation and filled with, with evil and racism under every corner. This really didn't get started uh, with any strength under the Obama era. It really became came to light under the Trump era. And it was, again, intentional. It was a lie. It was a cooked up plot by the left to cause Americans to fear their neighbors, to be divided, to uh, feel to dislike America, to hate America. I mean, the whole 1619 project cooked up by the New York Times person, the whole 1619 project came about under Trump when it was all of a sudden they discovered that America really wasn't founded in 1776 and the ideas of America that are espoused in the Declaration of the Constitution really weren't America at all. In fact, it was all the 1619 project, which was based on the premise that that was the first year that they can confirm that slaves were brought to American shores. And therefore, the premise was and launched and is still pushed all over left-wing media, all over public schools, all over the Washington Post, New York Times, left-wing rags, and they are rags, 
the idea that America is just systemically racist, institutionally racist, and that all along we thought we had the greatest country on earth. As a matter of fact, we don't. And the solutions, of course, are the solutions pushed by these leftists are always going to be loss of America, the free, loss of your rights, loss of your freedom, pushing of Marxism and socialism. This is how they roll. So back to Biden. Number one, they're now whistleblower FBI agents, whistleblower FBI agents who are coming out to say that they have been pressured within the FBI to fabricate. Let me give you a synonym for fabricate, lie, make up. They have been pushed. These are, these are whistleblowers in the FBI are accusing the Biden administration of pre, uh, that pressuring the FBI to fabricate extremist and white supremacist cases. People, I'm going to say this flat out. There is no white supremacy problem in America. There is not. There may be a few small groups, a few individuals, and there always have been a few individuals of every race, ethnicity, skin color, nationality, who are racist. And, and there may be some who are really bad and they are hated and, and, just dismissed, ignored, hated by everybody all across the political aisle, all across politics. There is no massive political white supremacist movement. This is a lie. And this is a lie pushed by the left because if they can do, they can convince people that's true, that America is just filled with white supremacists who are hidden under every rock and around every corner, they can divide America. They can turn Americans against each other. They can turn Americans into suspicion toward each other. They can treat people of color as perpetual victims, as critical race theory tries to tell them to do. They can treat white people as perpetual perpetrators, no matter how good you are. So the Biden team is actually pushing the FBI to make up, to fabricate, make up extremist and white supremacist cases. And a similar note, you have the Biden administration is also the Biden administration is also holding a summit. I think it was over the weekend. They had a summit to discuss the explosive rise in extremism and white supremacy. And, and this threatens the core of American democracy. Please, please, I beg of you, understand. This is a political farce. This is a lie. This is an intentional political operation, a psyops, a psychological operation designed to make the American people begin to be suspicious about each other, to begin to be suspicious about organizations that you thought were just really nice people and maybe after all they're really racist. This is designed to destroy the fabric, the culture, the connection, the love between the American people, among the American people, and the love of America. It's designed to take down America. So they get a bunch of left-wing loonies to come to the White House and fret and moan and complain and claim that there is a white supremacist rising extremism problem. I'm telling you people, this is a made-up entire concoction of the left. There is not a white supremacy problem. White supremacy is a problem, and the minute portion of people who believe in it are despised by everyone. But the left knows these things work. They push buttons on people. They make people fearful. They make people concerned. They make people say, well, maybe I really ought to, you know, on second thought, I don't think I can support the, um, I, I can't, you know, on second thought, hey, I better be fearful of my neighbors. Understand, this is exactly what they're doing. And the Biden team, the Biden 
people running this, they know this. I do not believe that the vast majority of these military people who speak up about this, the White House officials who speak up, they don't even believe it. They don't believe it. They don't see it, but they understand how successful this mission is of planting the seeds of, of, of racial division will be as they move forward into trying to destroy the fabric and the culture of America. This is evil on steroids at the hands of the anti-American left. Um, I was going to hit one more topic, but I think I can't do that today. I will just tell you that I do this show every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m., I do this show to speak up for America. I do it because I love America, because I truly believe the vast majority of Americans of every race, ethnicity, national origin, skin color, love this country. And they want America to be free. They want America to be the America of the founding. And I'm trying to, in every story I cover, every monologue I do, to try to wake people up to recognize how severely, how strongly the leftist, the anti-American Marxist left is playing America, is lying to you, is intentionally misleading you into thinking you should hate your country and your fellow citizens. They are wrong. It is evil what they are doing. And the American people, I do not think actually what the left is doing is actually working. For radio listeners, you're going to go off before the end of the show. So come back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time. And for everyone else, I do at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So I started the show talking about Big Hypocrisy Reveal, Martha's Vineyard, um, why it matters to you. And um, I want to actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to um, come back to me one second before we do that. I'm sorry. I do want to say one other quick thing for, for our listeners. Um, if you are... Um, listening to this show, and you would like to support this show, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. You can subscribe to our newsletter. You can make a donation to support this show. We really need donations. Uh, this is you know, a listener-supported show, so love donations. You can join America Can We Talk. Join at americacanwetalk.org. America, $50 a year. Uh, you can buy a ticket for our summit, but I do urge you to go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. I, I hope I see you all there. Um, and um, then now I, want, I just want to be sure to make one plug for the uh, website and to, and to join America Can We Talk. And now we'll tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So now we start about Martha's Vineyard and I got to tell you this Martha's Vineyard thing, people, I, I had more people commenting about this. It really was eye opening for many people to realize how the Martha's Vineyard leftist elitist would react. But reaction to 50 migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard, absolutely stunning. Never has leftist liberal hypocrisy been exposed so vividly and understandably to anyone and everyone paying attention. Open borders are for flyover country. For thee and not for me, for the peasants, not for the ruling elite. Policies are for little people, but not in my backyard. Puts the lie to their own lies about conservatives as lacking compassion and or being racist. Objection to illegal, out-of-control immigration has never been about anything more than common sense. Every homeowner, apartment dweller, locks their front door. Nobody invites strangers in without checking out who they are, why they're here, what they want, whether they can be trusted, all voters with common sense. Time to join the red wave for this fall. Soros orchestrated American downfall. George Soros is on record expressing disdain for religion, especially Christianity, expressing disdain for America as an obstacle to his view of a new world order. 
financing campaigns of U.S. district attorneys who will not enforce the law, but will allow crime to spiral out of control. Harvard grad lawyer video goes viral after Soros organization offered to pay such influencers as this guy to create anti-Trump messages with false allegations regarding Trump. And the January 6th influencer was not a Trump supporter, but he refused to voice unsubstantiated allegations. Soros Org made no effort to substantiate the allegations. They just moved on to the next influencer. Soros is engaged in brazen, calculated subversion of this country. No excuse for GOP failing to see and fiercely resist, fiercely resist Soros and his agenda. And border lies and Americans die. Open borders are facilitating a flood of dangerous drugs into the U.S., especially fentanyl. 108,000 deaths from fentanyl, overdose, and simple poisoning in 2021 alone. More deaths in 2021 than soldiers lost in the entirety of the 21-year Vietnam War. Venezuela releasing hardcore violent criminals from their prisons to go through the U.S. border. BP Kamala Harris says the border is secure, but freaks out as migrants unloaded near her D.C. home. There is no good faith rationale behind the Biden administration opening of the southern border. It's completely destructive to American culture and civil order. Americans must vote in November to stop this immediately. And then Biden's race-based agitation and lies. Biden calling a White House conference to talk up the left-wing narrative of systemic racism and extremism. FBI whistleblowers are calling out FBI leadership for demanding hyped and distorted attention to the alleged problem of white supremacy. This is pure gaslighting of the American people. American 2022 is not a racist country and hasn't been for decades. These are pure Marxist tactics for inciting division within society. It's called othering. We'll keep talking about the othering idea more. Mao, Lenin, Stalin, and Hitler did the same thing. Americans must wake up, rise up, see through and defeat this tactic. America is the most amazingly successful melting pot in history. American society is not characterized by group hatred. These are brazen lies. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can